Bienvenidos, I'm your host Lore, and this is Creepy Chisme. Warning, some stories and information on Creepy Chisme may be triggering and are not suitable for all, especially young children. Please listen with caution. Thank you. What's up, my creepy gente? Welcome back. I have some really amazing guests joining me today, and I am super excited, and I hope it becomes a regular thing with these people. Yeah, these people. (laughs) You'll see who they are in a second. But today's story, I do want to warn you, and I will warn you again before I start. Very triggering story. There are a lot of discussions of rape and torture in this story. Um, Before I forget, because I often forget to to say this but I just want to let you guys know um because a lot of you reach out and or tell someone like hey I love the podcast I loved that last episode I whatever you know if you can just leave me a review on apple podcast that would mean the world to me And remember, a five-star rating gets more people to want to listen. So you'd be helping me out. So go do that. Go leave me a nice review if you liked the episode and a five-star review. And that would make me happy. You don't have to share it because a lot of you don't share my episodes, which would also help me. But that's okay, I get it. (laughs) You don't want everyone to know you're a weirdo, right? (laughs) So if you could just go leave me a five-star review, that would really help me out. So let's get into it because this is a very long story and this might be a very long episode. Get ready for a wild ride. So here with me today, I have three important women in my life. We have my mother, Veronica. Say hello, mom. Hello. And then I have my madrina, my godmother. Her name is Lisa, but I call her Nina. Say hello. Hello. And then I have my tia Sophie, who is also like another mother to me. Hello, tia. Hi, how are you? So these are the tias. I have one more, but she's not here today. So when I talk about tias, these are the women that I'm usually talking about. So they've come together to join me today in a story. Now, have any of you heard about the girl in the box? No, I have not. No, never heard of her. It's about a kidnapping. She was living in a box? Sort of, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I did hear that story. Because this was huge. This was a huge story over many years. So, um, the victim's name was Colleen. They call her Colleen Stan. The captors were Cameron and Janice Hooker. Now, I usually give a brief summary before I tell my story, but I think I'm just going to get into the details because there's a lot of surprises in this story that... While I was researching, I would have to take a break because I was just like, what the heck is happening? Trigger warning for my listeners. Um, This case has a lot of triggering subjects, so please beware. A lot of sexual and physical abuse as well as just torture. Let me introduce you to Cameron and Janice Hooker. Cameron was born in California in 1953. Quiet kid, seemed happy. He was happy, but what no one knew was that he was... A freaky deep down inside. Um, he had this want for power, for taking charge, which is not bad. Some people enjoy a partner like that, but of course not all the time because then that makes for a controlling partner, which is not good. So in 1972, he graduates, he gets a job at a lumber mill, and the job wasn't the hardest job in the world, so it left him a lot of time to think or fantasize about bondage and torture 
You all know what bondage is, right? Okay. Now, as weird as these two fetishes are, I'm not trying to judge, the sadomasochist, is what you call them, community is a rather huge community. And it's not something people really go around talking about. I think, they don't, I think people don't want to bring it up because no one wants to be uh, assumed that they're submissive or lax where they lose control. And some people, like dominatrix, that's their job, do it for a lot of high-power people. That's true. Yeah. A lot of high-power people really like it because... Yes. They, like, they can loosen the reins on their life, I'd imagine. But I also think that's why the community is so tight-knit. That's how they make friends, because they already know, like, you're into this, you're in the community. They build their friendships off of that. So, anyway, back in 1972, even more so, Cameron kept quiet, because he really didn't talk about it back then. As you'll see later, his thoughts were even more sadistic than just a fetish. So in 1973, a year later, he meets a 15-year-old girl named Janice. Now Janice was still mentally and physically a kid. She wasn't anything special. She never got attention from guys. She wasn't even like fully developed. She was 15. So when she met Cameron, this 19-year-old guy who showed interest in her, she was smitten. So for Cameron, Janice was the perfect partner, right? Young, naive, never had a boyfriend. She was submissive, so they start dating, and shortly after, he tells her that he has this idea that he wants to take her in the woods. Now, this was actually their first date. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. (laughs) So on their first date, he's like, I want to take you to the woods and tie you by your arms from a tree and take your clothes off and perform sexual acts and whip you. So, of course... (laughs) she's like i don't think so she doesn't even probably know anything about sexual acts to begin with right right so he tells her that his past partners did it for him and they enjoyed it and she would enjoy it too and it would make him happy which is all 15 year old janice wanted (sighs) so she agrees She decides she'll do anything to keep him happy. So, poor girl. So they do it. Now, their relationship continues, and Cameron explores more with Janice, so more of the bondage stuff. But however, she still doesn't enjoy it. So some people just don't enjoy it. In January of 1975, so almost like two years later, they decide they're going to get married. She's still young. So like, what, 17? Mm -hmm. Which is not that... This is the 70s, so that's pretty Mm, normal, right? Right, right back then. Yeah. So they get married, but after they get married, Cameron kicked kicked it up a notch, like Emeril Lagasse, and it becomes way more violent. Oh. Yes. So he would do things like choke her until she was unconscious, where she almost thought she would die a few times, and she was done. She was tired of it. She finally started telling him that she didn't want to do it, and he respected her, but he quickly grew bored of his wife. He did love her, but she wasn't fulfilling his needs. So he brings up a plan to Janice, who is only 17, 18 years old. So he pitches this idea by first telling Janice that he wants to be with her, but he has this fantasy that will eliminate Janice from having to partake in his fetishes, which she was afraid of the fetishes, especially the whipping and the whatever he was doing to her. Tying her up. So anything to get away from it. So of course, 
Janice wants to agree because um, she doesn't want to do it with him. But she also wants to be with him. She still wants to be with him because her too, she loves him. So he tells her that he wants to kidnap a woman who will submit to his uh, sadomasochistic fantasies. He wanted someone who would never say no to him. So after much convincing, Janice, young and naive Janice, agrees under one condition. Well, two conditions. The first condition being that he could not fully penetrate the, the, the girl. So no sex. The second condition was she wanted a baby. So of course we have this man... <laughs> Of course he's going to say okay, because he gets to do what he wants to do, which is kidnap a woman. Pretty much a sex slave is what he wants. So first, he needs a space. So they buy a nice two-bedroom home with a must-need for kidnapping, a dingy basement, right? <laughs> and he spent the next year um, preparing and spending all his free time driving around and stalking young girls. He would spend all his time just, is it praying? Prying? Prying. Prying. Prying on young women, um, looking for the perfect victim. And it's not really told what the perfect victim is. I don't know what he was looking for, but that's creepy because he does this for like a year. He just drives around and he looks at young girls. Mm. So in 1976, their baby's born. So they... That's part of the plan, right? He was going to give her a baby. So here we go. May 19th, 1977. Cameron gets out of work. He picks up Janice and the baby and they go for a drive. Now, I'm not sure if he was purposefully looking on this drive, but he gets lucky. On the drive, he spots the perfect victim. He spots a 22-year-old hitchhiker by the name of Colleen Stan. Now, remember, hitchhiking was very common in yes, the late yes, 70s. It sure was. Yes, it was. yes, especially for teens and younger adults. So Colleen traveled this way many times. I could never do such a thing, but my mindset is from a different generation. Things are different than in the 70s. But did you guys ever hitchhike? Yes, I did. Yes. Not I. Even in early 80s, yeah. In the early 80s, yeah. Anybody. Mm -hmm. I, was did you ever... I was too afraid. Uh-uh. But mm -hmm. did you have those thoughts? like To be afraid? Yeah. No. No? So, um, Colleen was hitchhiking from Oregon. She lived in Oregon to Westwood, California. It was her friend's birthday, so her roommates dropped her off on the highway that morning, and she told them she'd be back on Saturday. Um, she was following the Interstate 5 to get to her destination. Actually, before this car pulls up, a car full of men pulled up, and she remembers thinking, like, not safe. So she tells them no, and they drive off. But then she sees a blue Dodge Colt. It pulls over. She sees a young couple with a baby. What harm could it be, right? So she felt safe enough to get in, so she gets in. So they're driving, and Cameron says that he knows of some ice caves in the area. And he asks Colleen if she minds that they stop quickly to see them. It's starting to get darker, but this ride would get her as close as she could get to her destination. So of course she agrees. Which, ice caves, that sounds pretty cool. I would, I would be like, yeah, let's go see them. <laughs> So Cameron pulls off the highway down a bumpy road and drove about a mile in. She did start to get nervous because the road was empty. They stop and Janice carrying the baby because what are car seats, right? There right. was no car seats. No, right? back then, no. <laughs> she gets out and she just walks away. Doesn't look back. She walks to like a little stream that's down somewhere where they're at. Cameron also gets out, walks around the car to the passenger side. He gets in and he pulls a knife on Colleen. 
and he tells her not to move. He cuffs her. He puts a leather belt type contraption on her head that gags her and he binds her ankles. She notices next to her on the seat is a wooden box that was crafted by someone. Definitely was made about the size of a hat box. It weighed about 15 to 20 pounds and was double walled with insulation between the layers to muffle sound. It was hinged with metal and he fit the box over her head. It was very tight around her neck. She remembers her hair was wild inside the box and she panicked because it was a hot day. The inside of the box had a layer of carpeting, probably also to muffle sound as well. Mm But the carpeting she remembers being close to her face. The box had no room inside and she felt like she had to gasp for air. Now my stomach drops just thinking about this, but I'm claustrophobic. No but I think even if you're not claustrophobic, right. yeah, you're still scared. that's terrifying. Now the box will be known to her as the head box. This is not the last time we see this box. Cameron then laid her and he covered her with the sleeping bag that she was carrying. So in the box, she can't hear well because it's muffled. People probably can't hear because it's muffled. If she's screaming, it's hot. She can't breathe. It's choking her and it's heavy. It's 15 to 20 pounds. Oh my gosh. So that's terrifying. That is scary. Yes. As they're driving, Colleen can hear muffled traffic noises and even said at one point she could smell food. So they've kidnapped her, but they need to eat, I guess, right? Maybe they were waiting for it to become dark out to take her home, but whatever the reason, eventually they do get to their home and she's taken down a steep flight of stairs. So she's now in the basement of the hooker's home. The head box is removed, but she's still blindfolded. Colleen could see just a tiny bit from a slit that was under her nose. So he cuffs her hands to a uh, ceiling pipe and he switches out the cuffs for these leather bands, probably what they use in bondage. Mm -hmm. Um, And he suspends her, removes her clothes, and her arms are spread wide apart from the pipe on the ceiling. So she's literally suspended from the ceiling. Her feet are not touching the ground. She's terrified. She can hear him moving around her and grabbing things. And then all of a sudden, crack, crack. He's whipping her back. And then she heard him go upstairs. Now, shortly after, he comes back down with another... Well, she can hear another pair of feet. So, obviously, he went up to get Janice. Colleen notices through the slit under her blindfold that her captures are nude and having sex at her feet while she's suspended to the ceiling. So, two minutes later... (laughs) Just kidding. I don't know how long it was. Uh, I don't know how long they're banging for, but uh, he ends up <laughs> he ends up unhooking her and he pulls her towards another contraption that he crafted himself. It was a wooden box about three feet high and just enough space for her entire body to barely move. I saw a picture and it's literally a coffin. It's a coffin. Oh, wow. So he puts her in there. He also places the head box back on her and he leaves her there. So she's got the head box on and she's also in In another box. box. Yes. After two years of planning, Cameron's dream had become a reality. So he had to have been on a high horse for sure. Mm -hmm. By that Saturday, when Colleen does not return, her roommate gets worried, but also she doesn't really get worried because maybe she stopped to visit her parents. So she doesn't say anything. But by Monday, still nothing. So she finally calls the mother of Colleen, tells her she never showed up and if she was at her house, she wasn't. She never stopped by. So they both get worried and they call the cops. After the report is filed for her missing poor girl, nothing comes of it. There's no tips, no sightings, and she's just vanished. Which police always say she's a runaway, right? Right, right. 
Which I saw on a documentary, her father actually even said he thought she ran off into a cult because that was popular around then. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they weren't they weren't looking for her. They really weren't. Mm -hmm. So in captivity, Colleen was immobilized for long periods of time and always wore a blindfold. Most of the time was spent with the head box on. She was gagged and bound in some way. And on some nights, she would be brought down the family's leftovers from their dinner. She was released daily to move around or most times do whatever Cameron needed from her, but always blindfolded. Every day was something new or repeated, whippings being suspended from the ceiling being enclosed in the head box or the coffin type box so every day this is happening so five weeks pass her family they lost hope she tried to understand her capture so he would torture her as punishment for doing something wrong but then sometimes he tortured her for no reason so sometimes he would feed her multiple times a day and then there would be days where she would get nothing there was no routine which is actually pretty mentally frightening imagine living with no sight and not knowing what torture would be next any second something can happen Mm -hmm. because there's no routine she can't figure him out now months pass and the basement went from hot and musty to cold so that was her only way of knowing time was passing because remember she was taken in may and now it's getting cold so, so the cold winters yeah. set in. so she knew the she knew the season was changing i imagine her senses of touch and hearing were all she had to rely on so they must have been really like heightened um eventually it got really cold and Cameron gave her one of the shirts that she had because remember she was kept nude. So it was cold enough for him to give her a shirt. So now we're in November. So seven months into her capture, Colleen was tied up or locked up. She said she could hear him working in the basement on other contraptions. He ended up making her a space under the stairs. Harry Potter vibes. Mm-hmm. But a bit, <laughs> yeah, the little. <laughs> The little closet under the stairs. Mm -hmm. But it was a bit smaller than a closet. It had a concrete floor and carpet along the walls for soundproofing. This room was known as the workshop. He put Colleen in it, still shackled and blindfolded. But he also put a small sack of walnuts near her too. So he shuts her inside and he demands that she unshell the walnuts. These were the type of things he would make her do sometimes. Maybe to keep her busy, I I don't understand it. But this was the first time in over six months that she was able to take her blindfold off. So when he shut her in, he told her she can remove her blindfold and there was even a little light inside. And there was also a chair for her to sit on. She finally had a space to move around. But still, she did as she was told and she unshelled the walnuts. Now, it's not easy to do that with your bare hands. You could probably smash it into the floor, but by the third one, I'm sure your hand would hurt because a walnut is pretty pretty hard. Yeah. You take two of them together and squish them, you can do that. Yeah. I mean, but still, like, your hands are going to hurt eventually. Yeah. So the next day... That's what I do. Just take two of them and smash them together. (laughs) It doesn't hurt your hand? Not really. Pain doesn't bother me. Oh, okay. (laughs) So next day, Cameron comes down and he orders her to put her blindfold on and come out. He then chains and straps her back into the box. So this becomes a routine. They would put her in the workshop at night, give her a job to do like unshelling walnuts or crocheting. She was actually very good at crocheting and they realized how well she did at it 
and they would take what she made and sell them at a flea market. Oh, no. They're now profiting off of her. Yes. <laughs> yes. Poor girl. Yes. Now, this switch in routine made the hookers not just view her as a captive, but now she really is their slave. So now we've reached the winter 1977. Now, Cameron loved bondage porn magazines. So one day, while looking through one of his magazines, he sees a sample of a slavery contract. So he and Janice, because remember, Janice, she didn't agree with what was going on, but at least it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. And so she goes along with whatever he wants to do. So he and Janice type up a contract using the one they saw in the magazine. And they used an alias, not his real name. And they even put a seal at the bottom of it to make it look very official. So January of 1978, he goes down to the workshop and he opens the door. He lets her see his face for the first time since May when they captured her. He tells her to practice writing her name and he gives her a paper and pen. He then hands her a newspaper article about how women sign themselves away into slavery. All of this is controlled, he tells her, by a big underground society that punishes extensively any who try to escape it. So he tells her that the company, the society that he made up, knew she was there and that he needed to register her. So he gives her the contract and by her reaction, he knows she believes it. So he says if she doesn't sign that the company will punish her. Torture. Extreme torture. Even more than he does, I'm sure. So she signs it. But before doing so, she tells him that he can do whatever to her. Take her freedom. But the only thing he will never own is her soul. And he agrees. Because he says, your soul belongs to God. So after she signs, he puts a collar on her and says that it's part of the company's policy. He tells her the company is everywhere. They monitor the house, the phones. He says he can let her out now, but if she tries anything, the company will know. They would torture her. He tells her her new name is K, just the letter K because she's not worthy of having a fool. So she believes him. She believes him. Um in this company that's watching her everywhere. So the hookers were very good at hiding Colleen from outsiders, the neighbors, and even family that would come visit them. But Janice, yep, family would come visit them. During all this. During all of this, yeah. But Janice, now 20, starts to feel bad about things. So she wrestled with the fact that she knew what they were doing was wrong, but also Cameron was her husband and she had to obey him. She grew a bit jealous because she didn't have his full attention. So Colleen mentioned that one night while suspended, someone came down and bit her hip, and she was sure that it was Janice. So even though Janice is wrestling with these feelings of, she knows this isn't right, she too was just jealous of her because he spent a lot of time with Colleen. So Janice wants to test him. She's feeling like he's not paying attention to her. So she asks one morning if he wants to have sex with Kay. And before she even finished, he ran downstairs, unhooks her, brings her upstairs. But remember the deal. Part of the deal was no penetration. Well, he immediately goes down, gets her, brings her up to their bedroom. So their bed. And I guess he wanted to have a threesome because Janice is there as well. But as soon as he mounts Colleen, Janice runs out of the room into the bathroom and starts vomiting. So Cameron notices. He puts Kay back in the basement and he tries to console Janice. But it's this moment that Janice's view of her husband changes. So they end up moving 
they buy a lot a, la a lot of land and they put a trailer on it now they were close to the interstate because you can actually hear the traffic behind there was like a little wooded area and then the interstate's right behind them um they were content in their new place because it was a lot of acreage and more private now in the trailer like most trailers there's no basement so guess what he does he builds a box under their bed oh no so he tells colleen to crawl in so from the foot of the bed she actually has to crawl in the box and then he bolts her in oh my god terrifying so she was only let out for maybe an hour a day to eat clean herself or use the bathroom she had a bedpan in the box that she would empty out whenever she was allowed to be out but she only fully bathed maybe once every two weeks oh, oh wow I can't no. believe she didn't catch any kind of diseases or... I know. Especially with him raping yeah. her, probably. Mm -hmm. Because he be after having sex with her, he begins it becomes more... I guess he sees that as Janice giving him the okay, and he rapes... He ends up raping her more often. So... She never becomes pregnant? No. Well... I thought, I don't know if I said it, but I think later I say that she stops menstruating. And I'm not sure if that's due to stress or, not but good, then yeah, also malnourished. Be, yeah. yeah. She stops menstruating, which is probably good. Um, it had been over a year now because the hot weather returned. So it started getting hotter and Colleen would be in the box in the heat. Now, Janice is pregnant again, and Cameron convinces her that they need to do a home birth because he didn't trust the hospitals. I think he was scared that Janice was going to say something at the hospital. He convinces her, and they deliver the baby on their bed while Colleen was under it. Oh, jeez. So she hears all that. She hears all of it, yeah. Janice ends up getting a job eventually, and Cameron starts letting Colleen out for longer periods of time. She did work around the home and did chores and stuff and obeyed his rules and this continued for another year plus so she would actually like babysit the oh kids and he let her out when janice was gone I, I truly think and the more i get into this you'll hear i just think janice didn't want her out and i think he any chance he got he would take her out uh, uh -huh. is what i think but you guys could decide so three years Three. Three years into her capture, Cameron took her out any chance he got, like I said. When Janice and the girls would leave, he would not only torture her with his bondage equipment, but he also hid the fact from Janice, because he didn't tell Janice, that he would abuse and sodomize Colleen many, many times. I'm assuming, like I said, here, this is where I say it, I think she was just jealous of her, and he knew that. I'm sure she wasn't quiet about it. But all the other times, she was locked under the bed in the box. So Colleen is now being let out more often, still being treated as a slave. But the hookers started getting too risky in having her out so often. So one day, she's scrubbing the floor, and Cameron's dad comes by and just walks in, doesn't knock. And Cameron grabs Colleen, throws her in the bedroom, throws some clothes on her, and he brings her out and introduces her to his father as Kay, a friend who's helping around the house. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so she would literally be naked? Um, yeah, there's a few times, too, where they say she would wear, like, a little nightgown wow. they would make her wear. But, yeah, yes. So this is the first time somebody sees her, but he says that he has to take her home. So he takes her outside, and he locks her in the shed. Then he gets in his car, and he drives around for, like, ten minutes. 
And then he comes back, and his dad doesn't even question it. That is kind of... Mm -hmm. So, late 1979. It's been so long, Colleen lost track of time. She's now being let out for longer periods of time, and even able to do unsupervised activities. They would let her garden, babysit, and even go shopping in town, like for groceries, by herself. At this point, it's well over three years, and she's accepted that this was her life. She would be a slave for the rest of her life. And if that were the case, then she would be a good slave. She would abide the rules and make the hookers happy. So three years into this, she's sounding like she's now brainwashed, right? Mm -hmm. The company's always watching. She doesn't want to upset them or the hookers, so... She's doing what she's told. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad that she's so brainwashed. It's almost like that Elizabeth Smart. I mean, after a Mm -hmm. while, you know, you start... Believing your captors and mm-hmm. just doing and going yeah. day by day and doing what they want her to do. He would always threaten her with the company, and I think more so when they're letting her out like this, just so she knew that if she was going to the grocery store, they're watching you, like, and they'll find you, and you know. So he grows more violent, and he states that it's because of the company. Um, at one point, he told her he needed proof of punishment, so he pierced her labia with a gold earring. So now he's saying that he has to do these things just so that she, I mean, piercing your labia. So this is weird, but this is really weird, actually. But one night, they dress Colleen up. They fix her hair, put makeup on her, and Janice takes her out drinking. Remember, they're young girls. They're like 20 years old. Mm -hmm. She takes her out drinking. They actually go to a bar. They hang out. They even meet some guys. And they even go to these guys' apartments. Oh, no. And Janice sleeps with one of them. She sneaks away, and she sleeps with one of them. And she leaves Colleen sitting on the couch with the other guy. She doesn't sleep with him, though. Why didn't she think of leaving them? Because the company's watching her. Oh, that's right. That's right. She's Yeah, you have to remember she is brainwashed. Yeah. Totally. So Janice, like I said, Janice actually goes into a bedroom with one of these guys. Uh-huh. And Colleen is just like, okay. But she waits. She waits for her. So she comes out two minutes later. Two just minutes. kidding. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, two minutes. Just two minutes. I don't know how long it took. But they went home and she put her back in the box. They get home and she puts her back in the box. Good night. Sleep tight. But um, Janice... I think Janice did it to make Cameron jealous, but he doesn't care. No, he's got his cake and he's eating it he, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't care. He even told her that if she wanted to date other men, that she could. Yeah, wow. he's, yeah. <laughs> so Colleen loved working in the garden because she was outside getting fresh air. And the neighbors start to pay attention and get to know who she is. They don't talk to her, but they see her, they wave hello. They know her, but they never speak to her. She wore the same thing every day, same clothes, every single day. And nobody in this town noticed. Like, nobody was like, hey, she wears the same clothes every right. single day. No one said anything. No one said anything. Like back then, people mind their own business, yes, too. Yes, it is. That's exactly right. So Janice gets a new job. So she's now gone most of the day. And so is Cameron. So they leave Colleen with the kids most of the day. She never tries to escape. Or never hurts the children. Never hurts the children. So the physical and sexual abuse continued. But with the kids getting bigger, Cameron always made sure it was done when they were out of the house with Janice. How nice. Cameron allows Colleen to write 
not one, not two, but three letters over a period of time to her sister. Remember, she's been missing three years. He lets her write her sister a letter. Of course, he tells her what to write, mostly, um, and tell her that she was safe. She's living with a family, canning fruit on a farm. But imagine getting a letter from your sister Thinking she's dead. Yeah, thinking the worst. And then you want to see her. So Colleen asks if she could possibly talk to her family or see them. Because remember, she's feeling more comfortable. They're letting her out more. I mean, Cameron, other than torturing her and whatever he did to her, he was nice to her. He liked her. So I guess she felt comfortable enough to ask him, can I talk to my family? But after some convincing, he lets her call her family. So she tells them the same thing. She's fine, but very vague. And he's standing there right next to her the whole time. Yeah, kind of figured that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she didn't tell them much. And it was cut short by him. I guess he got nervous. So Colleen starts telling Cameron that she loves him. Which is also something that happens to women or yeah, people that are, kid- that are kidnapped. They mm-hmm. fall in love with... Th- There's a name for it. As horrible as it is, I think she was smart about it because he started treating her a teeny tiny bit better once she started confessing her love for him. He would let her call home more often. So if that gets him to let her call home, then hey, I love you. I love you too. You know, because it's working. Mm-hmm. So Janice and Colleen rarely spoke. So Janice is back to her jealousy, doesn't like her, but she did feel sorry for her. Again, she's not going to say anything because that's her husband. When um, Colleen or Kay was out, they would argue a lot and they would tattle on each other. They would run to Cameron and say, she did this, she didn't let me do this. So he told Janice that she had to stay home with the kids and she couldn't work anymore. And Colleen would go back in the box under the bed. Mm. So after all this freedom, she's back in the box because of damn Janice. Before putting her in the box, he tells her he's going to allow her to see her family. So before that, before they, he really takes her. Before they go, he says that all her family's phones are bugged All their cars are tagged. The company's watching, so don't try anything. So they drive to California, and he tells her exactly what to say, that he was her boyfriend, and they're in town for a seminar um, to do work stuff, and that she was going to stay with her family for the weekend. Colleen not once disobeyed him, and he dropped her off and took off. He did say hello, like, from afar, but then he left. Yeah, he didn't even meet them. Like, he just was like, hello, bye. She is so brainwashed. Well, he left her there with her he, family. Yes. He feels like he's ha- he has enough control over her now. Years. It's been years. Yeah, he that, thinks he's a pro at this now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really cocky. He's mm-hmm. like, mm, she could go see them. She'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. She loves me enough. Right, right. But we'll see in a second. I think he was worried. In the back of his mind, I think Mm -hmm. he was worried. So her family notices how thin she was, and they let her bathe, and they changed her into a nice dress, and they went to church together. Shortly after arriving from church, he calls, and he says it's over. She's got to come home. So that's what I mean by I think he was worried. Mm -hmm. He couldn't do it. So she's confused. The family's confused. They have not seen her in years, and she's got to go. So she's upset, but he picks her up, and they drive back home. Soon as they get home, he tells her to say goodbye to the kids, goodbye to the neighbors. She's leaving town, but really she's going back in the box. So here's my prediction. I think he didn't tell Janice that they were going to go away for the weekend. 
I think she found out and got pissed and threw a fit. And I think also him being worried, I think he was like, let's go. And now he's scared. Janice is pissed. He's going to put her back in the box. I really think that's what happened. So he makes her crawl in and bolts her in. Colleen spends the next three years in that box. Oh, wow. Only being allowed out for one hour, if even, for torture, for the fetish stuff, and to eat. That's it. Three years. The rest of the time, she was in complete isolation. Any little freedom she was given was gone. No one, the kids, her family, the neighbors, no one heard from her for three years. So the kids that that were living there? They were told that she left town. Kay was leaving. They never, they live all live in the same house and never saw her. Because she never made noise. She was told to be quiet, so she was in that box all day for three (laughs) years. So it's now 1984. She was captured in 77. Mm -hmm. It's now 1984. Remember, she's been in this box most of her time. But the hookers take her out on New Year's and sing happy birthday to her after the kids sleep. Her life was about to change. So it's the new year, beginning of the year. Again, slowly, they let her spend more time out of the box. Late at night, she could even do crafts after her duties and chores. Yep, so she starts growing this bond with Janice over the Bible. So they're both religious, and they actually start reading the Bible together. They would pray together, and then Janice started taking her out to eat and just to talk. Colleen even gained a healthy amount of weight during this time because she loved having lunch with her or breakfast or whatever. So things became so well that they even let her sleep in a sleeping bag in the living room. No more box. But imagine how she's feeling because they did this before and yes. then mm-hmm. put her in the box yes. for three years. Mm-hmm. Something's going to make them change and they're going to put me back in there for her up again. Yeah. They reintroduce her to the kids and the neighbors. As someone else? No, Kay's back. Oh, Kay's? She's back. She's back from wherever she went. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. ridiculous. And nobody says anything because... Okay, three years have passed. Yeah, she's back. So at this point, Cameron is not worried. He's in control, and he has the power over everything, including Janice. So he tells Kay, or Colleen, that he's going to let her get a job. They must have been hurting financially because... They have to have been. Yes. He says it's to help with her finances. He always tells her that he owes the company so much money for keeping her as a slave. Oh, God. So now he's going to make her work. But he also promises that he's going to build her a small little trailer just for her on the property. Was he being honest? Probably not. Mm -hmm. He just wanted her money. So May 1984, almost seven years after her capture, she ventures out to find a job. The most freedom she's ever been given. So she finds a job cleaning a motel nearby. Now, in June of 1984, the family starts to go to church together. So Colleen, Janice, and the girls, they had two girls. So more freedom. So the two women are actual friends now. They like each other. They're friends. Janice started to struggle with the thought of everything going on. She always struggled with it, right? She knew that it was wrong. Yes. But now for sure, like she, I think at this point she hated her husband. And she really feels sorry for her friend. The only reason she didn't say anything is because she did fear him. And she didn't want to stand up to him. But around this time, Cameron starts mentioning wanting to build a dungeon and kidnapping more slaves. Oh, oh boy. boy. And she wants no part in that. 
she can barely handle the one she has to see go through it but to have more yeah yeah but she also couldn't tell anyone or turn her husband in because she was guilty too and what about the kids mm-hmm. right? right she didn't want to lose her kids so at the end of june 1984 janice speaks to her pastor she doesn't explain everything because you know but she pretty much says that there's a love triangle situation happening and of course the priest is like well you're living in sin and you guys have to stop or you're all going to hell that's what he tells her so janice doesn't want to go to hell and she finally gets the courage to do something but she still waits uh, like a week (laughs) because it doesn't happen till August 9th, 1984. Janice goes to find Kay at the motel and she asks if she can speak to her. She tells her everything. It's a lie. It's all a lie. Most importantly, the company is a fake. All made up. I'm surprised she never questioned. Right. That Colleen never questioned. What company? I want to see. No. She was a young girl though too. Well, what, 22 you said? When they captured her? 17. I think she was like 17 okay. mm-hmm. but still wouldn't you question i mean no because he's i think he scared her yeah. enough like yeah that's what, what like he would tell her like what i'm doing to you is nothing compared to what they were doing to her. i think in the documentary i watched he told her they would nail your hands to the ceiling not just put cuffs on you like stuff like that mm-hmm. so she was terrified so i don't think she ever thought to question like um, i don't know um, that is scary. Yeah. So, in finding this information out, Colleen loses it. Which... Yes. Yeah. Yes. And anybody. Yes. Can. I mean, she was thinking, how could somebody lie like that for so long? Seven years of her life. It was all a lie. She could have walked up... I mean, she's probably thinking back to all the freedom she had and all the time she could have walked away. Walked away yeah. from all of it. She was pissed. She was with her family. She could have told them and just... Yes. Yeah. Janice begs her for forgiveness, and she accepts. Wow. I just don't understand. I, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's like they call it the Stockholm Syndrome. That's what it is, yes. That's when you start liking your captors, your people. And that's you. how I feel, like, Janice was her captor, too. Because yes, at any moment, was. Janice knew it was fake. At any moment, she could have just went and said let her go or just call the police and her husband yeah it's wrong as a human being you know right from wrong whether Mm -hmm. it's your husband or not so she's just as guilty and i truly believe yeah stockholm syndrome she she wasn't in love with janice but they were friends right janice janice had her believing they were friends in a way i think janice too was a victim because she had a controlling husband who she was afraid of too right but again she had the freedom and the knowledge to go and tell but she didn't she She never did never did the girls fear for their lives but they go home and they carry on as normal for that night the next morning when cameron goes to work they pack up and they go to janice's parents there they had to decide what to do next they talked about starting a new life together with the girls, the little girls. Again, (laughs) I think Janice is just like trying to play good guy now, right? Yeah. Because she knows she feels guilty. Mm -hmm. She feels guilty. She does, but she's still an accomplice. So, yes. And also it shows how brainwashed Colleen still is. Even though she knows this isn't real, Janice is my friend. I'm going to move in with her. We're going to continue our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Super sad. That is sad. It's very sad because now that I think about it, like seven years, this woman didn't help you. She didn't help you at all. Right. And now you're trying to make plans with her. Yeah. That's brainwash, right? Yeah. Yeah, Janice. Yeah. She's brainwashing that poor Colleen. 
Now, thankfully, Colleen decides to leave and go home to her family. But before she does, while waiting at the bus stop, she calls Cameron. She tells him she's leaving and he cannot stop. He starts bawling like a baby. It's over. Game over. So she explains to her family what had happened, but it took her time to tell them everything. She was embarrassed. She shouldn't have been. No. No. no she shouldn't have been fault. embarrassed to tell her family, but she didn't want them to know but somebody had to know, right? So it did take her some time to tell them everything. Now Janice goes to the police because she was terrified. But the story was so wild that they almost didn't believe her. The police. Well, hello. <laughs> Yes. I mean, so that doesn't surprise years, me. So many years, so that's what yeah people yeah. won't But understand. I mean, the police don't ever believe anything. Mm-hmm. Well, then the officer she was talking to, the detective, he said, he goes, I thought it was a joke because it's so ridiculous. Like a box, Never a woman was living in a box under your bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they find, so they have to go find Colleen and they interview her and that's when they realize that this is not a joke. So with both mm-hmm. of these women's stories... That was enough to arrest Cameron Hooker. When they arrest him, police did not know that dumbass Janice was living with him again. Oh no, so she went back home. She went back home. But that's probably why she went to the police, because he was probably... <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. He was she probably beating her. Yeah. Well, yeah. left him, yeah. Yep. Planning on another victim, though, yep. too. Yep. So, while back there, he had Janice get rid of a lot of evidence. Like the contract, a lot of the stuff he used. So although he had things like the head box confiscated, law enforcement really had no physical proof that Colleen was ever there. Oh, oh wow. No DNA? Oh, they didn't have DNA. But... Well, yeah, I don't think they thought about that. But yeah, other than the story the women are telling, there was no physical proof that she was actually living there. But the neighbors, what happened to the neighbors? The kids. Yeah, but I think they need phys- physical evidence. That she was held as a capture. I mean, she was out there gardening and because oh, that's freely that's, you have all these witnesses freely. Yeah, yeah. Like the neighbors could say, "Yeah, we saw her there, but she was seemed happy. Mm-hmm. She would jog mm-hmm. every morning. She would garden. Not that she wore the same exact clothes every single day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And she smelled. And she smelled. <laughs> yeah, but people don't realize that you know. Yeah. But, and there's another name for that. When people, like, don't pay attention to, like... Oh, yeah, you're blind. You remember that story uh, in New York where someone was literally getting stabbed? It was in the 80s, I think. It was, she was getting stabbed on the street by her boyfriend. And a woman even said, like, I looked out my window and I saw it happening, but I didn't want to get involved. Or she, like, didn't think, oh, like, yes, she didn't yes. think anything of it. And, like, a person was walking down the street and nobody did nobody anything. Nobody did anything. Because yeah. people just, and now more so with cell phones, nobody pays attention. Everybody's looking down at it. So Janice tells police what she did. She destroyed the evidence. He had her burn a lot of evidence. In evidence taken from the home, a negative fell out. On this negative, Cameron used to like to take pictures. And the idiot took a picture of the contract after Colleen signed it. Mm-hmm. So there's the physical proof. Thank goodness. That she, so they she have was proof. there. Yeah, that's their proof. So they got him then with that, or? Yep. So they have two. Well, they already have him. But she didn't sign take... Colleen on there. She signed a K. No, she signed a Colleen. Yes. It was after the contract that he tells her her name is K. They needed the proof 
to take them to trial. Because you're not going to take someone to trial with like little evidence because they're not going to get right, it. Right, 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 right. So he's indicted on 10 counts of kidnapping and rape. And Janice testified against Cameron, but only under one condition immunity. Mm-hmm. And they give it to her. Usually, usually it's double indemnity, isn't it? To... All depending the state, though, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All states are different, too. I don't know, but they gave they gave her immunity. So she testifies against Cameron in court, and so does Colleen. Mm. And even mm. while testifying, Colleen still didn't... She still didn't, like... She still loved him. Not loved mm. him, but, like, it wasn't a big deal. Which is just wow. to show how mentally messed up she was. She became complacent with wow. yeah. that this was okay. And, like, was life. like, they would question her, why didn't you run away? And she would just be like, hmm. Never thought about it. Never thought of it. Like, well, I should have. Like, that's how she was. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if because she was malnourished and her brain wasn't functioning in a normal capacity. And then probably Mm -hmm. suffering from major anxiety, not knowing what's next, you know? Right. She just became delusional. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. So during the trial, Cameron took the stand for his own defense. So this is his story. And it honestly, just listen. So he says, yes, he kidnapped Colleen. And his intention was to keep her as a slave. But then he says she fell in love with him. And all the sexual acts were consensual. Which actually is not a bad story, right? Because he has witnesses too. He has the neighbors, right? She was perfectly fine outside. Right, right. The people at the grocery store, she was fine shopping for groceries. Her family saw her. She was fine. The calls she would make. I mean, he kind of has a good case there. She wrote letters, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work. He's found guilty of all 10 counts. He is sentenced to 104 years in prison, and Janice continues her life under another alias. So she changed her identity and doesn't speak about it. But he has two kids with her, no? Mm-hmm. I mean, would you want your kids to see him? <laughs> no, no. Like no. she had to change her kids' yeah. name, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, ready for this? Cameron Hooker is set for release for parole. Release on parole in 2022. Do you think they'll let him out? Now, actually... When I was looking this up, there is a petition going around right now mm-hmm. to keep him in prison. To, which yes. I honestly, any judge to release this man. Because I believe the judge who sentenced him to a uh, hundred, it's 104 years in prison. He said, he was like, this man is a danger to society and he'll do it again. And mm-hmm. yeah. So there is a petition that people have started passing around to not release this psychopath. Um, you can find it on change.org. Just search Cameron Hooker and sign it because it needs 10,000 signatures. And I think right now it's at 8,400. That's in the news. I actually saw an article the other day that, yeah, he's he's petitioning. He wants to get out next year. Mm. Yeah. So that is a wild story. That is a story about the girl in the box. Wow. I've I would n- have nowadays are a lot smarter than, than this poor girl. That well, yeah, me. I f- definitely think so. Uh, a different time. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he can... I think I would still have tried, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, at the grocery store, slip a note. Like, I remember. I remember... That that story, reading it um, in the newspaper about that she had freedom like that, that uh, she lived in a box, you know. But I didn't know it was under the bed, though. That's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. That was really something, you know. To, yeah. To, to have seven years of your life. Seven years. Just taken like that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Not just that. To me, I find the most awful, well, other than the torture, but the three years where she was only let out for a small amount of time oh. every single day. Yes. Yeah. Your body, it becomes rigid. I don't understand yes. how. Yeah. Like you said, like, how did she not catch a disease or being on your back all that time every yeah, single you get day? Yeah, I mean, typically you do. Yeah, no sunlight or anything. I mean, you... Now, there is a movie. Lifetime made a movie about this. So if you want to watch that movie, it's I believe it was a Lifetime movie. It's on YouTube, actually. Mm -hmm. Just type Girl in a Box, and there's a movie that was made. It's not that accurate, because I I remember watching it on Lifetime, and I think that's why when I was doing the story, I do remember some of the, hearing some of this, you know, you know, based on a true story. There's also a good documentary on this. And tons of videos and articles. It's a big story. Yeah. There have been yeah. very few people that have been kidnapped for that long. That long, yeah. I mean, I've read about one woman who was kidnapped and held in one of those old train containers. And oh. I can't remember who the guy who was. Who was the, the little girl, too, in um, the UK? Remember? The man kept her, too, and she even had a baby or kids. And yes, yes. I don't know her name. Look at this guy in, in Ohio. He had those three girls. That was in right. Indiana. Wasn't it Indiana? No, no it, it was in Ohio. Ohio. It, was it was Ohio? Ohio. I know who you're talking yeah. They made a movie about that yes. one. Yes, they did. He killed yes. himself in prison, though. Yeah. Oh, yes, really? he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those yes. poor wow. women. Now, the, one of the girls was friends with his daughter. That's how he became... But he had a he, brother that like came around a few times. Yeah. And he, he kind of started Castro. suspicious. Wasn't yes. he Castro? Yes. yes. His yes. last name was Castro. I do remember yes. that one. Yeah. Yes. And they had kids, right? Yes. 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 One of the girls. One, one of the girls. girls yes. Because he killed the other baby, no? There's a good movie I watched. It's called Room. It's a... I don't know if it's based on a true story, but a woman is held captive with her son. In a like a little shed, he keeps them for a while too. I think it's like a year or two. Mm. That's a good movie, but I don't know if it's based on a true story. Mm. Room, it's on Amazon Prime. But yes, yeah, so yes, that was the girl in the box. Um, I can't believe Janice got away with with it. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe that either, because I would have wanted her prosecuted. Maybe they gave Colleen. The option, do you want to prosecute her as well? And since she was... That's what I'm thinking. She had that Stockholm Syndrome. She She probably thought, no, she's my friend. I don't want to go. She She should have remembered when she bit her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Technically, she didn't know if it was her or not. Right. So the documentary I watched, they actually have her telling the story. Mm -hmm. The actual girl. She's a woman now. Older woman. Mm -hmm. But she's telling the story. And she says at the end that she, now that she thinks about it, like she hates Janice because yes. she didn't help her. And it's she didn't. True. It's true. So I mean, if you think about it, she's she's free. She lived. She survived all of that. But think of all the healing she had to do and still yes. is yes. doing. Eighties mm-hmm. is not that long ago. No, 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 not at all. Scary. All right. Well, it's that time. For my guest or guests <laughs> to tell a story or an experience or anything they want to tell. <laughs> They're telling my mom to tell yeah. the rat story. Yeah. So, mom, what is the rat story? Oh, gosh, that was a long time ago. We were kids. We were all kids. Lisa was a baby. She was a little baby in her high chair. And um, my brother Rick, my my younger sister Sophie, 
and myself, we were in the kitchen, we were eating uh, breakfast, we were trying to make breakfast for ourselves. We knew how to do eggs, you know, and stuff, so that's what we were doing. But just like all of a sudden, we started getting little mice coming out. I think they were smelling the food or something that they, <laughs> they started coming out, and it really scared us, because that showed me how infested we were with mice that day. Yeah, they but were it had never scared. happened before, though? No, no. Never, ever. And it never happened again. Was it raining outside? No, it was a nice day outside. It was a nice day outside. Um, but we did have a problem in that building, though, with mice. Um, That's how we took it at first, though, right? Yeah. My dad always had, we, uh, he had the mouse traps, And, uh, you know, we was like, hey, we caught another mouse. Hey, we caught another mouse. You know, no big deal, you know. But this day... It was like they were just coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> I I want to say it had to have been like about eleven mice. They they made like a little circle it around like the a lot more kitchen to be. table. No, a lot more to be. Yeah. Wait, you guys all saw this? Yeah, all of a sudden, Sophie, Ricky, myself, Lisa can't remember. She was a baby. We but actually left her in the chair. As Lisa we like, sitting in the high chair, like, the table. we were all standing on our chairs. <laughs> oh my God. We were standing on our chairs and we're like, how are we going to get Lisa on the high chair, you know, without <laughs> stepping on the floor? Because they were all around us. Were they jumping? I don't know who was the We the had a brave brave one. We were trying to swim. Who was along. the brave one? Yeah, that that grabbed the, the broom. They grabbed Rick, the broom. Ricky, Ricky. My brother Rick grabbed wow. the broom, and uh, he started like pushing them, like pushing yeah, them he was like yeah. pushing them out of the way, and you know he even smashed them. But they weren't running away. No, they were like coming to us. They were like coming around. They kept around, coming around, around the kitchen table, like coming around the. It table. was really weird. It was a weird feeling. Yes. Know? We were scared for our... We were all little kids. Yeah. So we were scared for our lives. We were like, oh my gosh, oh, there's another one. There's, there's so one. many. Yeah, yeah so there were so many of them. And um, I remember I, I jumped from one chair to another to get to the high chair to take Lisa out of the high chair. <laughs> yes. And then we, we ran down our kitchen um, door, you know. That was right there. And the we table, were... yeah. The table was close enough to the, to the door where we could yeah. all exit out of the kitchen. We and we actually climbed, climbed all the chairs, the table, whatever. Oh, my God. We didn't touch the floor. It because... was like a weird thing. It was so weird. And But I can't believe the mice didn't run from you guys. No, they didn't. And then my dad was sleeping, and then we had, we went and knocked on the front door. <laughs> And we woke him up, and he got mad, you know, that we woke him up. But we're like, there was a bunch of mice, and they were in the kitchen. They were going to attack us. And but wait, when you went back. Nothing. Nothing. Not even the dead ones. Not even, not even the dead mice that Ricky smashed. They were gone. Nothing. Everything was gone. But you guys all saw this. Yes. And nobody believed us, because we were kids. My dad was like, you guys are crazy. Ah, you're going to be bothering me. Because you know, yeah. he had to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody believed us. Maybe you guys entered like a different vortex. Probably. Dimension. It was like the It was weird. I'm telling you, it was, the, it was that house. That house, that house. house was... That house was weird. That haunted house. weird or like just weird stuff? Haunted it was haunted too. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? There was a, downstairs, there was a, um, the Claration nuns had um like a little church oh, down there. Yeah. And, um. We would have our catechism classes. Yeah, they had CCD classes or witches, to be honest. 
Oh, which nuns? Oh, yeah. It was weird. Nuns can be dark. Yes. Ricky, Ricky said. I don't know. And one day there was this one lady that she used to live down there. The Uh, old witch lady. She must have gone. She must have gone somewhere. Old witch. Out because we we were used to call her like that because she was mean. Yeah, that one day where she left like the broom with an ugly, ugly mask. Hanging from it, so yeah. we couldn't enter inside. We're like, oh, she wanted to scare us. The witch left. <laughs> we used to call her the witch because she was mean. Yeah, I don't think she liked kids, and we were kids, you know. It's so. gonna be me when I'm older. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I believe something was was wrong with that house. Really. Wow. Yeah, that house. Yeah. As much as they try to, you know, pray in it, and uh, the nuns were there all the time praying in it, and I really believe the devil was in that house too. Yeah. Was scary, you know, because a lot of bad things happen in that house. Yeah, could have been one bad nun, not all of them. I remember one time at night we were sleeping. We were sleeping. It was night. Everyone was sleeping, but you heard like the like if someone dropped a whole thing of dishes, dishes, and you hear the breaking and everything. But then the next morning when we would get up, you know, nothing. nothing. And Grandma never said anything. Mm-hmm. That's where you heard the Yorona. That's oh, yeah. That house, too, I heard that. Yeah. I heard the Yorona. Yeah. Because Grandma was intuitive. Oh, yeah. 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 She yeah. never said anything. She never. She, she was, was, My mom did a lot of praying, though. Yeah. yeah. And she if they did, were white but, ghosts, she wasn't afraid of white ghosts. Yeah. She wasn't afraid of white ghosts. But, but to her, she was like me, where you never, you know, nothing evil. Evil, evil never appeared to her. She would see things sometimes, but she, you know, wasn't afraid of it, you know. She she never really talked about it. No. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we took it as kids, right? When we see things, yeah. see things, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, she taught us to be like, oh, mom, I felt this cold draft of it. Oh, don't go over there. It could be the devil. And so we would just, and we would just stay away from there, yeah. you know? Because we believed her. That's why the emergency's like that. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Now she's a good one to tell you some some <laughs> You'll be like the virgin smell something nasty. It's a devil. Yeah. <laughs> Even as a kid she would tell my mom would say whenever you yeah. smell something real you know, foul foul yes. smell. The devil's Or if there. you see a yeah. lot of flies, walk away from it. Walk, yes. Just turn around and flies, walk away. Flies, yes. Yeah, go the opposite way. My mom always told us because that's evil. Yeah. <laughs> I go towards it. I just want to prove myself. That, Hello. And if it's a bunch of flies, I'll step on them. Or <laughs> if it's cold, I like cold weather. So I walk under ladders. I've broken three mirrors already. And... <laughs> Somebody was telling me that, though, the other day um, because I said that my, my room in the winter it's cold but yeah. it's because my husband put these new windows up but that room is cold he, all the time it always yeah. is cold though, right but uh I, I think it was angelo that's oh you're not afraid to sleep in there because <laughs> it's cold it's a cold room and i said no <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah stuff like that yeah. doesn't really it takes so, i miss it yeah. like uh-huh. you see how people are blind to you know if there's violence happening in the street they don't see it well like with paranormal or yeah. supernatural i'll miss it because well, i just, no, that's not true but over what, my head at one time you said you saw jesus okay yes tell that story no, please no. please <laughs> tell the story i liked it okay so <laughs> as a child i was about seven or eight it was during the easter weekend because my family was in we had one tv this was way back in the 70s we only had one television in the house i had this huge stomach ache i mean it was like the whole day when i was a kid i always ate she all ate kinds too many of peeps yeah 
I probably did. No, I didn't have my peeps yet because it was still Easter. It wasn't it was Easter. It wasn't Easter yet. yet. It yeah. wasn't Easter I don't know. The yet. Ten Commandments. Wait, so it was the Holy Weekend? The Holy yeah, I could say. Yes, yeah, it was, it was Holy, Holy Weekend. Week. Wow. What a privilege. So. Okay. Everyone laughs at No. So, tell my mom, you know, my tummy hurt in Spanish because we all spoke Spanish. And, you know, my stomach hurts. She told me to go to the bathroom. to the bathroom. Stomach still hurt. We could, it was the only time I could have pop. So, seven up. Mm-hmm. No, no, still hurt. Or ginger ale. I can only have Seven Up or ginger ale. Anyway, is that, is that a, a Latino belief? Spray or ginger ale? No, it really does. It really does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. They give it to you in the hospital. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I don't think we had Sprite out back in the day. It was Sprite Seven Up. It was always Seven Up. Yeah. Okay. 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 So then I went to her bedroom. I felt at peace there. Comfort, right? But yes, my comfort was in my parents bedroom so I went in there laid down her room was all filled with candles because we're Mexican and we always have each saint has their own candles yeah. so there are probably about three or four candles lit so it's dark and you could see the the flickering of the light of the candle illuminating the, yeah the illumination of the candles and I had my face like, towards the wall I'm just worried about my stomach it hurts so bad I've never had pain like this before obviously I was only like eight years old and um all of a sudden I'm my mom's like well go pray about your stomach and that's all that I did I was praying no please God of course, I pray in Spanish, so uh-huh. it's all in Spanish. So then all of a sudden, there's like this silhouette or this shadow that starts... To, it looked like someone just walked in the room, like you would see a shadow walk and then just stop. And then it was like he stood over me, put his hands in like prayer form, you know, uh-huh. put the two hands together. And just was looking down at me. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is praying Wait, how old were you? About eight years old. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, um. so then I'm like, and then I, I wasn't scared. I never felt any kind of fear. Then I was like, because I wanted somebody to see. I'm like, ma. And then of course it will like just dissipated from the room. And, if, and then I ran out where everyone was watching the Ten Commandments. They're watching Moses with the Ten they're, Commandments. They're still laughing at her as she's telling this story. But I believe, believe you, Nina. I, I believe you. I believe her. And I'm like, I just saw Jesus. And everyone's like, go back. <laughs> I'm like, not here. here. I don't think it was Jesus. I think it was something holy. It was something. Yeah. And after that, no, maybe because it was like the shock and I got so excited, but in a good way, not fear. I would never felt fear. My stomach just start, stopped hurting. Now, my stomach had hurt for like the full day, uh-huh. like pain. Yeah, food poisoning. <laughs> That's what you probably <laughs> I've eaten so many bad things. I ate bugs. I ate, po- I ate raid. I ate kites. So nobody watched me as a child. Wait, were you the one who had the pet cockroaches? Yes. 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 I ate the cockroaches. You were training the cockroaches. I, for a circus. I, was <laughs> I made all these little paper things. I was training them to like, I made a little string with like a swing and a swing the cock. I had a lot of time on my hands. As yes, it sounds like it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had a little cockroach circus. Yes. Real yes. cockroaches. I didn't even kill them or anything. I just let them walk around. But other than your stomach ache going away, like, did you feel? No. Nothing? No, I felt like nothing. Like, I never had any pain no. after that or just, and of course, no one listened to me and everybody was in, in the, and she ran outside, outside and had a good time. No, it was dark outside. It was at night. <laughs> but after that then that was it and then everyone's like go to go to bed so i actually just went back and i went to bed and i was like hoping it would come back and nothing so wow that's my story and i stick to it but it was a black silhouette yeah black silhouette yes because you could see the flickering of the candles you know the mm-hmm. illumination like you said 
And then it was like somebody walked in the room and then just stood over me and like prayed over me or something. And no, everybody was in the front room still watching the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And because uh, otherwise you would hear, you could remember my head, that like curtain or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You could hear when they would come in the room oh, with the wow, curtain. Okay. Felt. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I believe there was something because I, I also had another too. incident at my sister Virginia's house. Oh yeah, where now I'm not into ghosts. I don't. I mean, I believe in them, but I don't ever experience anything. And if there's like a ghost in my house, like my son says, <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, just long. I mean, I would appreciate if they would help clean. Then I could maybe you know, right. Could yes, stick around, huh? no problem. <laughs> you know, but so anyway, at my sister Virginia's house in her bottom part of I don't know, it's like it's not a basement because it's like another living room or yeah, a family like the room, main love no the family room yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's like a lower level but there's her bathroom is there so we usually go would go there in the summer she had a huge pool and we would go there swimming so then you would use that bottom basement. To change into your swimsuit and then just because they're you know the let out to the patio to the the pool area yeah and then um so I was in there changing and then all of a sudden somebody's like pounding really loud on her bathroom door nobody really does it at her house it's like tap tap anybody in there okay and you know whatever but this one was like loud boom 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 and then I said I'm in here or so, you know I yeah. said yeah I'm in here. And it was still boom, boom, boom. And then they start, like, jiggling the doorknob. So then I'm like, I'm going to scream because <laughs> it's my family. I'll yell at anybody in my family. I'm like, I said I'm in here. I'll be out in a minute. So I got my stuff on, whatever, opened the door. Nobody's there. And I'm like, who needed to use the bathroom? <laughs> Was there anybody downstairs? Anybody? And I'm like, no. So anyway, so on a different day, I went down in the basement because we would have Christmas there or what, uh, whatever mm -hmm. party it was. I went down there to use the bathroom and nobody was in the basement. It was, you know, she had the lights on, but no one was, was down there. And I hear again, boom, 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 boom. And then someone starts jiggling the doorknob and they're like, Lisa, open up. But whispering, they're like, Lisa, open up. Open up, Lisa. And I'm like, mother effer, I'm using the bathroom. <laughs> so I hurry up and I open the door and nobody's there. So then I go upstairs and I'm like, who the hell is yelling? Like, nobody. No one, you know, it was like, nobody was, no one was there. And then come to find out, other people in my family I have had this you. experience. Same thing, whatever it is. Knows their name and starts pounding at the door like but beating to be, on it. To be honest, like I, in the summer when we would be out swimming, just having a party in the house, I think I hear one person every time say, okay, I'm out of the bathroom. But then nobody goes. Yeah, it's, so I it's don't, definitely something. Well, now. okay, so then fast forward, her house burns down. Yes. So she has the whole place rebuilt again. That feeling is gone. There's nothing there. And I've used the bathroom again down there. Nothing. I don't have that weird feeling when I go in there. I was always afraid of their hallway. Not afraid, but like you just get a bad vibe in that yes. hallway. Mm -hmm. It was always really dark, so maybe that's why. But also, like I know some things have happened in that hallway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But ever since the house burned down, I when the few times we've gone over, I... Nothing. No, and you know what? That always brighter. It is. It's a brighter. lot brighter. Yeah. 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 So there's no funky feeling. I can use the bathroom in peace down there. <laughs> no one's pounding on there. I mean, the doorknob would jiggle. I would see it jiggle. Yeah. Hear it jiggle. And then they're like. And it said your Lisa. name. Yeah. I think my sister said that, that it said her name too mm -hmm. one time. 
That and is I don't, weird. I don't, like, I open the door and I'm like, what? and if they feel the anger come from me, because I get angry really uh-huh. quick, I don't know if that makes them, like, back off. Yeah. No, because my sister, sister could... my sister's a wuss, so. See, I would think that she would have gotten angry. I get angry. I don't get scared. I get angry before I get scared. Because then after I think Maybe. about it, after, like, two days later, I'm like, ooh, yeah. Because then... even me, when I'm in the bathroom and somebody comes knocking, I'm just like, ugh. Yes. Like, it's not angry, but, you know, you're just, yeah. like, annoyed. Like, ugh. Yes. Now, wait, before you get into your story, so there's this story I remember about Tia Sophie, like, it was the first time I've ever experienced watching somebody be, yeah, somebody be affected by the evil eye. You're the only person I've ever known in my life, in Tampico, and it was so weird, and I, and that's when I was like, wow, it's real, like, it's real, yeah. So you, we were at a baptism at a church mm-hmm. in Tampico, Mexico, and the, the priest, priest kept staring at you during the mass, yeah. the service. He just kept his eyes were just drawn. I, I didn't different. even. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't even remember where it came from, but I just remember getting really sick. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in in, in Tampico is very hot. Mm-hmm. So people take siestas for sure because it's so hot oh, but for a whole day cause I think but yeah so you were feeling not well at all i do remember so she went to lay down for most of the afternoon and then so I, I don't know I didn't, I didn't wake up till the till the night time yeah because we were already going to eat yeah it was dark outside mm-hmm. when i woke up but who was the one who grabbed the plant yeah oh, yeah Tia Concha, mm-hmm. yeah. and she's the she started praying on me. I, I still I was kind of like groggy about it. Yeah, because well. she said she wasn't feeling good. Yeah. She was just real uh, tired and hot. And she said somebody made ojo on her, and right away she read that, that it's called Ruda. Ruda. I've heard Ruda. Of it. I've heard Ruda of it. is very um, nice. Ruda. Ruda. Because your dad uh, also had some. We brought some. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, bring the whole. But she used, yeah. she, yeah, she used that plant on me and she just started praying, praying mm-hmm. over me and stuff. And but then the, the plant turned black. That's what I remember. She said it took all the Like evil. it burned. It burned. It, it like it got dark. Yes. Right? Yeah. It took and all then the all evil. of a sudden, well, I don't you felt better. I felt better, yeah. That, and so that I was. I started the, feeling like. A lot better. Yeah. yeah. That was as, a, and I don't know how, I think it was maybe like eight, nine. That mm-hmm. was the first time I saw something like that. And that's when I was like, it's real. Yeah. Somebody did it to you when you were a little baby. I know you told me that. That scared the heck out of me. I thought my baby was dying. She, uh, um, she was already walking, you know, mm-hmm. she was like two years old. And crossed the alley from us, invited um, Laura, well, I invited all of us to the party. But you know how it is with moms. I had to get her ready, I had to get Laura ready, I had to get Sip ready. So then I was getting myself ready, I was putting my makeup on and stuff. But they all went to the party. Yeah, they all. You know, because it was right across the alley from us. And, and my nana went, and I dressed her up, you know... In a cute little sailor dress that you had. Always made me wear a dress. Yeah, but you had a a little cute little sailor dress with your little tights. Because what happened was Sid brought her back like within a half hour. He brought her back and she was just crying and crying and she had a fever and she she was just throwing up, man. And I was like, what? Did she eat? He goes, no, she didn't eat anything. She didn't eat anything. Yeah. And she she left because she she was walking, you know, yeah, and yeah. she left with her sister so happy to the party. Yeah, 
And she came back so sick. And then I went over there and I said, she eat anything? Because I wanted to know what was going on, you know. And she said, no, we haven't even started eating yet. Mm. She said, uh, you know what? And she goes, my sister-in-law, tell her to go touch her. Because my sister-in-law is real bad on getting off. Mm -hmm. And she was admiring her little legs, that they're so chunky. Right, right. I was like, for real? She's like, yeah. So I went over there. Yeah, the lady, she, she was like, you know, can you, I said, can you carry her, please, you know? I heard you were admiring her legs, and she goes, yeah. I said, well, she's very sick right now. She has a real high fever, and um, she did. She just touched her everywhere. She touched her everywhere, and then she was carrying her. She was carrying her around the party. The but night. did she say anything? Like, did she say, like, yeah? No, well, she, she didn't, didn't feel say. Offended or anything no, like she didn't feel offended, but she said that, because I said, you know, there's some people that carry it, you know, right? No, no, I am. I am one. Oh, I am she one. Oh, she she sure knew that so she was she... one. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, you know, has a very strong aura on that. She carried Nana around, and she was showing her the kids they were playing. They were, I think they were breaking the piñata then. Mm-hmm. And then I was fine after, after that. that. Wow. Yeah, you do. It was like it's she like did, I, But I had given her Tylenol. So I didn't know if the Tylenol worked or, the, or <laughs> what. But well, I think we all do it, though. Like, I've seen the yeah. Yeah. do it. Oh, yeah. I always touch oh, babies, yeah. too. We were brought up there. Yeah. 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 Wash your hands and then touch yeah, the baby. Yeah, touch the baby, <laughs> yeah. But some people have it real strong, and they... I mean, it's just our belief. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. a lot of people... Yeah, a lot of people don't believe don't. in that. Yeah, right, that. right. I and do. that's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't believe in it, does it not work? Because you've got to mm-hmm. see it to believe it. And... Yes, that's what I say, too. Yeah. All right, yeah, you've got a story for us? Yeah, it didn't happen to me, but it, I was told back in the old house where we used to live, where, where we saw the little mices. Yeah. Same house. <laughs> we had My mom had company coming over in this house. And coming up the stair, the flight of stairs, there was like a Dining four room. foyer. Oh yeah, foyer. Foyer. Yeah. Foyer. Foyer. foyer, foyer. Yeah. My mom had a door for the entrance to come into the house, and mm-hmm. then there was also a door where my mom and dad's bedroom was. Mm-hmm. But they said back back in the day, that room was used. They would rent out the just room, the bed, just the mm-hmm. just the, the one room, room, like for one person, yeah, yeah. One, mm-hmm. for one person. So they never got rid of that door. I guess it was always there. You know, as long as we lived there, that that door was always yeah. there. So, but this this day, my mom had company coming over, and it was a couple. They said they came up this. They were walking up the stairs, and that they saw a man go into my mom and dad's bedroom mm-hmm. door. And when my mom, you know greeted them and they were like hey who you know who lives next door we just saw somebody go in there and like nobody lives there but then this other incident coming out of my mom's bedroom my sister Virginia and I uh, we were sitting in the kitchen and where my sister and I were sitting you can actually look down the hallway and see like my mom's bedroom the, the door of the entrance to come into the into the apartment now the door back in the day they had those little chain Locks, uh-huh. you know, yeah, little chain locks, um, you know, bolts too. But we Which always, weren't even that strong. Somebody could push. That I know, door. I know, right, right. But we always used to use that to lock uh-huh. the door, to lock yeah. the door. And at this time, this time, my sister and I were there. We, I don't know what caught our attention to to look, you know, down into down into the living room where my mom's bedroom was. We saw. Uh, scary hairy hand coming out of my mom's room like but it was like like if somebody was reaching out for something yeah you know and then just but out of the the door was open or the, closed? my mom it was my mom's door was open okay where she where they would walk into uh-huh. walk into to go 
go into their bedroom uh, from the living room. I looked at my sister and she looked at me and she was like, did you see that? I'm like, and we both took like a double look. And we're like, wow. And then we, we noticed that the, the door was, uh, the chain was unlocked and it was swinging back and forth. And we're like, wow, what's going on? You know, young kids don't even realize. We yeah, don't, yeah. You just see the stuff and you don't, you're like, wow, we, I'm like, oh, that's scary. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. my sister virtually did. it looked like a man's hand because it had hair in it. Yes, it was dark. It was so dark. Yeah. Well, not not we're not werewolf. Not werewolf. Man, man's like just, just a, a man's hand. Yeah. Man's hand. Yeah, like reaching, coming. When Louie told me this story as a kid, I always assumed like this hairy yeah, monster me too. hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a hairy arm. Hairy arm. So I'm like thinking a werewolf. I remember at that, that house, though, that uh, that building, um, sometimes, you know, you're playing around, and, and we were, we would always jump around on the couches and stuff, and uh, you hit the wall, you know, when you hit the wall, you could hear in the, in the wall, like, money falling. It, it was creepy, man. There was... Maybe there was. So this was the apartment with the nuns? Yes. I wonder when, okay, I wonder with this story that you told us. Yes. If the woman that wrote um, Fifty Shades of Grey kind of took a little bit of that. Because she also made that dumb idiot Anastasia sign a contract. You know what? You know what? Yes, I was thinking of, as I was uh, researching this. And she was another stupid dumb lady. Yes, she was. Yes. She was so infatuated by this guy, right? Right? It's her first... There's and in actually, the second book, I think he he does levitate her and yeah, ties her up like that. Well, I mean, there. but that's bondage, though. It is, yeah. It's bondage. So it's very similar. And and in his bondage magazine is where he saw that contract. People really sign contracts, yeah, but he was using scary. it in a way different. Yes, to scare her. Yes. Now, what he didn't know probably is there's literally a fetish where you pay someone to kidnap you like people are yes, do that i've heard that yes. they kidnap you and you they torture you they happen. rape you there's rape fetishes yes oh god mm-hmm. really that exists. people want that done to them mm-hmm. what if they pick up the wrong person i mean yeah, yeah it's awful it's now most of my information come came from a book it's called the perfect victim that's where i got most of my information that's where you'll find all the details mm-hmm. i left a lot of it out but like all the little details and it's written from her perspective. Yeah, you didn't get into a lot of the children. Were the children not? No, they were. She was kept from them most of the time, or oh. she was the babysitter. Yeah. That's what I when you said she was a babysitter. You know, like did they get affectionate with her? Did they learn to? They love had like to her? have. Yeah, they were little. Yeah. <clears throat> that's what they were I, little. I think that's so sad. Yeah. I wonder what happened to him to make him the way he was. Honestly, when I looked back at his childhood, there was nothing. He came from a normal family. He came from a normal background. He was a good student. Well, he was a, the only thing was he him. was a quiet kid, and that's I mean, it. something like a neighbor or something. It could have been. It could have been something. Where did he, oh yeah. Where did he get this, and where did he get off? Started to realize that this is what made him click. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people into that S and M, you know. Yeah, I mean, dominatrixes—they make good money, right? But that, but then again, that's what I said. Like that is not what he did here, though. That mm-hmm. is, he just took it way. Yeah, yeah. He got big headed as he went along, and, and honestly, I'm surprised he never killed her. 
Right? I don't know. I, I don't, think it could have gotten to that point. Yeah. I really do. I think if she would have died, it would have been by accident. I she agree. She was too much of a prize for him. I think so. I was going to say, because you have to remember all those times when Janice wasn't around. He wanted her out. Yeah, and around. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. liked her. He, he liked liked like he had, the, he had the sister wives thing going on. Yeah, he had two women. yeah there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was working out for her benefit, too, because she was cleaning and, and yep. she took a lot of Janice's housewife yes. stuff over. Duties over, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff that Janice didn't like doing. Uh-huh. That's that's yeah. Right. Well, yeah. thank you for joining me, ladies. Uh, your stories were very good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone knows you come from a house of loonies <laughs> but you know, we're, you know how you have alcoholics we're like um, functioning we're functioning loonies <laughs> we've only had two bottles of wine ladies yeah. <laughs> if it's out there I'm intrigued I hope you guys enjoyed hearing my family's stories as much as I did. It was funny because when we first started recording, like my aunts were really quiet and my mom was really quiet. But then we got like two bottles of wine in and then they <laughs> they wouldn't stop talking. You don't even have half of what we talked about. So we had a good time and um, I really hope they come back. Remember, go leave me a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcasts if you can. And if not, you can also share this with a friend. doesn't have to be online. You can just share it with a friend that you think would like it. Remember, if you are interested in joining me for an episode, and I know you, <laughs> I'm not ready to do episodes with strangers yet, message me at creepycheesmith4u at gmail.com. That is creepycheesmith, the number 4-Y-O-U, at gmail.com. Or you can message me on Instagram. Just search creepyspacecheesmith and find me there also leave a comment on the photos i leave just so you know if you haven't looked me up on instagram every episode i do if i talk about certain things like i post photos of them i post photos of the people i'm talking about if there are any so go go look it's pretty interesting some of the pictures i post and leave me a like all right guys that's it for today Gracias por escuchar y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thank you for listening and don't forget, stay creepy.